0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up, New Orleans? What's up across the Gulf South? And what's up to you listening wherever you are at WWL.com, the radio.com app. Welcome on into the show. It feels good to be back in the studio. we doing the show remotely for about the last week. I love doing the show in the studio, and you know what? I'm looking across the way, and I don't really recognize this guy behind the glass. I don't know who is this. Can you please come on, Mike, and state your name, uh, your age, uh, your Social Security number, uh, your, your date of birth, and everything, please?
1: Do I need to put my hand on the on the Bible and swear in?
0: <laughs> yes, it, it's it's Mark Bernard behind the glass. Hi, a little a little double duty tonight. What's going on, Mark? Oh, not much. How are you? You know, it's it's always a treat. I, this is a rare occasion. It might happen like two or three times a year when you I, and I are doing a show together.
1: Yeah, I don't know that we've ever really worked together on an entire show. I don't think it's ever happened.
0: I think you're probably right. Like maybe on a you've, Saints Day or something, but not.
1: Yeah, you've got your rotating crew of, of Tim Zimmer and, and Logan Falgu. Yes, and I'm always I'm always on the on on, on, the, on the crew with Bobby and Christian and never the twain shall meet until tonight. Okay, right, I want you—you
0: were you getting filibustered, and I was listening on my drive-in. I was doing TV with Eric Asher uh, today, WLEE. Uh, thank that, you again to him. It that's was why great. you're
1: dressed so dapper.
0: Yes, yeah, I, I am dressed for TV, not radio uh, right now. It was great. Uh, but I was listening on my way in, and they filibustered you because it sounded like Bobby uh, or Christian, one of the two, barged into your, your little studio there, your production <laughs> studio, and, and we're messing with—I'm what. going to let you tell your side of the story here. What
1: happened? Yeah, well, Bobby comes in during during the news, and was talking to me about something, and Christian was on the other side of the glass in there, you know, sitting in his spot, and he kind of kept looking over. So I just I just cracked the, the the studio mic to him and said, "Yeah, you're not you're not being paranoid. We are talking about you. We weren't, but <laughs> I was just messing with him." <laughs> okay. It. So, so then Bobby decides to lean over and have a huge conversation with Christian, which. As I explained on the previous show, the way this works, it's like a walkie-talkie. You have mm-hmm. to hold the button down sure. for, in order for the person on the other side of the glass to hear you. So Bobby doesn't know this. So I'm holding the button down for Bobby. In the meantime, we're trying to get the uh, you know the the transition from the CBS News to the local news. So I'm trying to do all that. And he's leaning over and, and yelling at Christian. And Christian says, why don't you just, just come in here and talk to me? Bobby says, no, I want to talk to you through the microphone. <laughs> like, okay. So there was, there was about a 30-second span when he was... Talking and, and Christian couldn't hear him because I wasn't holding the, b- the button down. I was busy making sure the, everything else ran smoothly on the air.
0: That's pretty funny. Although, in Christian's defense, I might get a little paranoid too. If everybody's just kind of <laughs> looking at me and talking behind there, I, I would get a little paranoid too. But I'm glad you, you cleared that up. Um, Good to do like five minutes of the show with you. By the way,
1: I know. Great. Maybe so, maybe we should. I'll, do see this more often.
0: I'll see you next year. I'll see you next year. We'll see you in twenty twenty. All right, we got a lot to come on the show here. May,
1: may, maybe once March Madness gets rolling, I'll I'll, oh, spend, I'll spend a few extra minutes with. Well, you. Well,
0: I'll will be talking about your terrible bracket that's surely um, coming um, to my desk. I'm sure. Are you? <laughs> I, I feel like you might actually might have won last year. Now that I'm thinking about it,
1: I, I I usually do okay.
0: Yeah, you, you did better than me last year. I was terrible. I was near the bottom. Hey. Don't, even, don't even talk to me about my bracket. You got? I had Virginia winning the whole thing.
1: Uh, I didn't win I didn't have the the winner of the whole thing because uh, I didn't have Virginia but I I, I think I, I think I had a couple of final four teams
0: yes well you're glad you didn't have Virginia I did and then they summarily got upset by UNBC so that, that was my story <laughs> that was my story last hey, year March
1: March 9th the first tickets gets punched oh, yes I, the Ohio Valley Conference final
0: I can't wait man you know this is my jam I, the, <laughs> the next month is just gonna be my like my personal Mardi Gras, but it's absolutely gonna be it's Mark Menard. Uh, Logan Falgo coming in. We do have a big show for you. Steve Court, Mike Dettelier, Scott Rabelais, and Ralph Michaels all on the show. We're talking Saints Free Agency, Will Wade news, little LSU spring ball. And I want to talk to Mike about the great combines for Greedy Williams and Devin White. And then Ralph Michaels gives us the lay of the land in college basketball and Major League Baseball as spring training is underway from a Vegas perspective. I don't want to bury the lead here. We're not going to talk a lot about it at the top of the show. We will later, and that's Will Wade in the breaking news today about more transcripts being released of these wiretapped conversations that he had with Christian Dawkins that were part of this FBI trial and an investigation into corruption in college basketball. Now, we all know Will Wade has been subpoenaed for uh, having to testify on the March, uh, excuse me, April 22nd trial. I've been saying for weeks – What is it, two weeks now since that broke? It's not a nothing burger. I won't name names. There's a lot of people here that you know with our station and and people that I really respect and like. They're my friends. But keep trying to convince me that it's a nothing burger. I think was the word that they used. It's not a nothing burger. And today proved even further why it's not a nothing burger now you never had the word money used you never had the word deal used but outside of that you had will wade talking to christian dawkins in these conversations and transcripts talking about and let's be honest here let's not be naive talking about the compensation in, in some variety of compensation and who knows what that is i suppose i think we can guess what that is the compensation to get javante smart on campus This isn't good it's absolutely not good. We're going to read you the transcript later in the show. It's a little lengthy, so I didn't have time to do it here on the opening segment. But if you just kept catching up with today's news and you want to know, well, how big of a deal is this? On a scale of 1 to 10, it's probably a 7. It's a big deal. It's not earth-shattering news. It's not like Will Wade is going to get fired tomorrow, anytime soon because of this. We'll have to see what happens on April 22nd. But the warning signs are there. There is smoke everywhere. This is the forest fire you can see over the hills. You cannot see the flames yet. I have maintained and I will still maintain that until he's on the record, we're talking about Will Wade, or until more of these conversations get released, and apparently there are a lot more of these. Found that out in the trial. It's not just one or two of these tape conversations between Will Wade and Christian Dawkins. There are multiple. So we see more, so we know more. I'll reserve a little judgment here. Because there's nothing, there's no smoking gun in this yet. But there's a lot of circumstantial evidence. This isn't a court of law yet, but circumstantial evidence often is enough to convict people. But right now, my personal view is bad news for Will Wade, bad news for the LSU program, but nothing that should cause him to be removed from his position yet. There's nothing there. He's he's just going to have to navigate this, and so is this program right now because they're playing too good a basketball. I mean, that's just – that's the gist of it right now. And LSU wins again yesterday. We were on the air after the show, after that Florida game, coming back in overtime to win. More resiliency for this team. It's a sensational season. They continue to win in these close games late, which certainly bodes well for their NCAA tournament chances. It looks like they'll be co-champions in the SEC conference or possibly – Outright champions, regular season champions of this conference. Who knows what happens? they will be the one seed probably into the SEC tournament. they will be a top three seed into the NCAA tournament. This is going to be a special month on the court for LSU basketball. But there is this cloud that's going to overshadow a lot of this behind the scenes. Are LSU fans going to really care about this when LSU's out there in conference tournament play winning or they're in... The first or second round of the NCAA tournament winning games? No, probably not. Probably not. Spent probably 30 minutes you know, on Eric Asher's television show tonight talking about this. Brett Martell was there too. He covering the story for the Associated Press. It is and it's an ugly story. It's a fascinating story, and we're still finding out a lot of details here. If you read the transcript, and we will later in the show, I will say this again, you aren't going to convince me that this was some kind of... Wordplay by Will Wade or Christian Dawkins where they weren't talking about money or weren't talking about compensating a player for coming to LSU. I mean, it's clear as day to everybody. And I'll say it again, just because a lot of programs and coaches do it across college basketball, and yes, there are a lot. Bill Self is implicated here. Sean Miller's really implicated. We saw what happened to Rick Pitino and others. Just because it happens doesn't make it right. And also... Do not use the argument that everybody does it. I have heard that way too much. Everybody is not doing this. Just because you have a lot of bad actors here doesn't mean all of the great coaches, all of the great programs are involved in this nefarious pay-for-play scheme. It's just flat out not true. So don't use that argument. You make yourself look a little foolish when you do that. I'll go through the names again that I, I would probably stake my reputation behind that aren't doing this. Jay Wright at Villanova isn't involved in this. Mark Few at Gonzaga isn't involved in this. Mark Few is now on the record defending Rick Barnes at Tennessee, saying he's not involved in this. Mike Shushevsky hasn't been implicated in anything like this. I could go on. Point is, you're going to be really successful at college basketball at this level, the elite level, without engaging in this kind of stuff. We will see what happens. It's not good. But it's not like I'm going to be calling for Woolwich's job today or anytime soon until I find out more. I mean, that's just the facts. I'm not trying to cover anything up. You know my stance on it. A lot of LSU fans out there listening around now certainly disagree with me. Just want to sweep it under the rug. I don't want to sweep it under the rug, but I also can't make a bigger deal out of something when we don't have all the facts yet. 504 260 1870. That's the phone number. Text line is eight seventy eight seventy. Steve Court coming back as we switch focus for a little bit to Saints and NFL free agency. Here on the last lap, we will talk a lot of Will Wade coming up later this hour and next hour. Don't worry, but I want to switch focus for a little bit. Is NFL free agency less than a week away now? And the Saints will they be big players in free agency? Oh, probably not with their cap space. Will they be some kind of players? Yes, absolutely. Mickey Loomis and company is always going to find way. And find ways to generate some cap space. They got about twelve million dollars right now of free space. They can get about ten million more or so, maybe more than that, depending on any trades they make. So they're able to make some moves in free agency. And we all know this is a wild and very fun period to cover, starting next week. And Steve Court's always interested in this. My partner on Saint Sundays, on Fans First Take, former Saints player, and here he is joining us now on the phone line. Steve, what's going on, man? How'd you make out in Mardi Gras?
2: <laughs> I did great. <laughs> well, you're here, yeah, so that's I something, right? Do. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, yeah, I always <laughs> sort of lay low during that time and enjoy it and watch everybody and uh, and uh, and let them have fun.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> Are you ready I'm for good. free agency, man? It's, it's always a fun time oh, to cover. Yeah.
2: It really is. I mean, it's uh, boy, it's a time you can really certainly help your team. You know, there's no question, but uh, do you help your team and how do you help them at what price? That's always the question. So you don't want to ever... Uh, you know sort of do the you know ready fire aim thing where you go out there and think this is great and all of a sudden you end up uh putting yourself in a situation that uh, that cost you too much you didn't get what you thought you got
0: anybody uh, you're keeping an eye on here we'll get to the nitty-gritty of the saints but i'm curious about, but i don't want to bury the lead again like who are you who are you like zeroed in on you thinking this this guy would be a good fit for the saints
2: You know, right from the beginning, and I think it's because he's probably an Arkansas guy, I looked at Trey Flowers, Mm. the defensive end for the Patriots, and sort of how productive he's been over the past couple of years. has just really been, uh, he really has. He's been really sort of just their star as far as their pass rush guy. And uh, he's great against the run as well. He's sort of, um, he's a versatile guy. And he's one of those guys you don't have to take off off the field. He's kind of a Cam Jordan. Uh, I don't think he's quite as good as Cam is, but... Uh, he's certainly in that category, and and uh, and again, he's a young guy, you know, 26 years old, something like that. But at the same time, those guys come and they're so expensive, though. So I don't know if it's somebody that'll actually fit into the plans. But uh, that was somebody that, that certainly would fulfill a need for us as well as. Um, you know, that would certainly give us uh, what we're looking for defensively.
0: Well, it's interesting you mentioned defensive end There is As Somebody asked me earlier today, I was doing an Aaron Casher show, actually, and we got into this, and, and the first thing I brought up is watch out for defensive end because we know this team always likes to add, and really every team in the league, more pass rushers, uh, more defensive linemen. You can never have enough in this league, right?
2: Well, you really can't. I mean, uh, look, the guys in the middle are the guys that sort of make it happen, but the guys that obviously get the glory are the guys on the edges over there. So, uh, you know, anytime that you have uh, guys that are certainly capable of, of, of putting enough pressure to where you don't have to do anything exotic to do it, you're, you're rushing four guys and you got guys that can beat offensive linemen, um, you know, in a good percentage of the time that they're rushing the passer, then, look, that puts a lot of pressure on an offense. And we know, look, how long have I been doing this? You know, where I do this analyzation all the time. And I, and I look, I watch offensively and the things that, that affect the quarterback. And and it's, it's it's the only thing that really can really sort of jack you up is that, is that defensive line pressure, whether it's coming from the interior or the outside, but you get a combination of that and you've got something
0: going. So a guy that they had in-house at that position uh, this last couple of years is Alex Okafor. He's now a free agent. They got a bargain price for him a couple of years ago because he's coming off those injuries at Arizona. And and pro football focus had him rated as, I think, one of the top 15 uh, run-stopping and pass-rushing defensive ends in the league. I I just wonder if he's kind of priced himself out of coming back here.
2: Well, and he may have. Um, And, and again, that's that's, – that may not be good for the saints but it certainly is good for it's good for alex you see so the fact that he's put himself in that position means he's going to get paid but um you know is that going to be is that going to benefit you know the saints i don't know and it, it, like you mentioned very well that uh that he may have outpriced himself
0: talking to steve court here a former saints offensive lineman and my co-host on St. Sunday's on fans' first take. Let's go to the other side of the ball, Steve. What do you think they do with Mark Ingram? Mm-hmm. There's another guy that I just believe somebody's going to offer him too much money or it's going to be too hard to turn down.
2: Yeah, yeah, and you sort of you hate to see him go because you think, you know, right now, I really love the tandem that we have there, and they seem to work so well together, and they have, uh, uh, I'm not talking about just the off-the-field stuff. I'm talking about really watching them together on the field, and and, uh, and I'm talking about him and Kamara and I think that they have such a good understanding and, uh, and there's kind of a, uh, a very competitive, um, friendship there that has developed through that. And where they're trying to out, you do each other each and every game, which is, that can only do good things for the saints. And I think that anytime you have a good combination of a guy that, that is sort of a, uh, a breakaway slashing, kind of a slithery kind of guy like Kamara is, that's just got that kind of unique ability to make people miss. And, and, uh, is always seems to file forward. I don't. I don't. I don't understand how he does it. He seems like he gets hit so many times that his feet are on the ground. I, I still don't understand how he does it. But
0: uh, oh, Well see, let me ask. Let me let me ask you. It. It. Let me ask you this because you brought up something that's yeah. really interesting to me. How big of a factor yeah. is it for a player when they make a decision? Their relationship with their teammates, and you, you said it perfectly. The 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 chemistry that he has with Alvin Kamara, yeah. I think, is there's no other duo like that right now in the league.
2: No, and I think look, I, I've always believed this, and I still, I still am a firm believer. And I think it's, and I think it permeates through sports. I think anytime that you have uh, chemistry uh, in that locker room, um, you have better teams, and the best teams are always the teams that are the closest. And I think that the Saints have done such a tremendous job, both Mickey and Sean, of sort of cultivating these players and picking the guys that, okay it may not be the guy that everybody, um, you know, that they're trying to go through free agency or even a draft that you may think, but you know what, he fits within our chemistry better. And I think, you know, as you go down and you, and you know, say 18 months later, you realize, boy, did they make a great pick with this guy, you know, and, it, and it's kind of like, because they get along so well with everybody in there. And I think that any time, like I said before, that you have that kind of chemistry and that closeness that, uh, that sort of a spirit de corps that you have with a good team, those are the strongest teams. And those are teams that overcome so many things that, uh, that you know each and every year This you know, they jumps up and it seems like, hey, how many times has the Saints been, been in adverse situations? And they've always come out on top because of that.
0: 60 seconds before the break, Steve, tight end. Do you think they'll address this in free agency?
2: I think they've got to. I mean, I, again, I don't know. I don't know what's out there that, that, um, it will fit sort of with what we've got and, and what we're looking to do, and you know, dollar-wise as well as, you know, whether it's either going to be in the draft or the free agency. But, um, I look, I, I know that the way Sean uses tight ends and the way he likes to use that tight end and how versatile that position becomes, um, I think there's always a chance that they, they go after somebody that they, they feel like it, uh, could benefit this team. I, I obviously do. I think that's something that we saw last year. I thought, man, it would be great if we had – if we had somebody that could really, really be a game-breaker there.
0: Uh, Can I hold you through the break? I just got a couple more questions I want to ask. Yeah, absolutely. All right. All right. Steve Court, former Saints offensive lineman, uh, joining us here on the last lap. Quick 60-second break for CBS News, and we're back with Steve talking Saints and NFL free agency here on the last lap. Our conversation with Steve Court continues on Saints and NFL free agency. Kind of a meta uh, discussion and topic here, Steve, about uh, the plans for this team this year. I am curious, do you you think that they're all in mortgaging, and I hate words overused, it's now become cliche, but mortgaging the future uh, to win now while Drew's still here, do you think it's a balance of that in the future? Do you think um, that they're more worried about? Perhaps the long-term health of this franchise after Drew is gone. How do you think they approach this off-season?
2: Well, I think with the fact that you have a, a talent like Drew Brees that's here, that's still it's playing at such a high level, I think you have to address. I think you have to address it right now. I really do. I believe you sort of, and and, and again, you do that by saying, okay, um, let's let's look at, at at winning right now, but at the same time, is there a way that we can sort of flex that? and make this sort of a long-term deal to where we do, you know, sort of mortgage some of the future here. So I don't mean to be evasive, but I think you sort of have to look at it both ways there. And because I think that, okay, Drew doesn't have a lot more, many more years left, but he's certainly playing at a high enough level, that he can pretty much call his own shots, you know, as far as as when he wants to back out of this deal. And, um, you know, suffice to say for some sort of weird injury or something, but other than that, um, look, I, I'm I'm a firm believer that that, that Drew's got a, a number of years left in him. So I'm thinking, hey, let's let's continue while he's still playing at this high level and this pro bowl level that he plays at. Let's go ahead and 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 go for it. And
0: yeah, nobody's going to tell Drew to walk away. He'll decide uh, for himself. Exactly. Uh, uh, yeah. Let's let's go to the let's go to the part where you love talking about the offensive line. I, Andres Pete entering yeah. the final year of his his rookie contract, nine million dollars. He's a salary cap hit this year, and he's one of the few tradable assets on this team. And, and frankly, he might be the only tradable asset on this team. What do you think happens with him? Do you think he'll just be back, or do you think the Saints are really going to explore moving us
2: You know, he's he's a he's a he's a good enough player that you that that obviously he has a lot of marketability and uh, you know market value. There's no question. But um, yeah, he's been hurt. Okay, so that that's a kind of a chink in the armor there that, that they'd have to get over, and that that's going to lessen some of the value. But at the same time, you know, he can play several positions, and does, he plays guard much better than you know as an interior guy that he does the tackle. But but nonetheless, we've seen him play tackle. It's not only that, but we've seen him play on the right side when he needs to. So he's versatile guy. He's shown that he's a smart guy, and then not only that, when he is healthy, he's a pretty good player. So I I don't know if nine million dollars is uh, is something they can swallow or not? So uh, it'll be kind of interesting to see what they do with him. I I, I certainly know that um, that he deserves to be somewhere playing. So and he will be for sure. So
1: what would you do? Um, what would
0: GM Steve Court do if you knew it was probably his last year here? Because I just don't think they're going to be able to afford him after this year. But they're in a yeah. the Super Bowl window, you know. So what, what would you do?
2: Uh, yeah, I would say I would say I would try to make my best my best shot at keeping him. At the same time, if there was something that I felt down the road, if I looked at and saw some different teams with some assets that I could acquire with him, then I would maybe look at that.
0: I'm sure they're going to dangle him out there and see what they get. Uh, Steve, yeah. look, we'll talk to you again next week when this all starts. I can't wait. Yeah, bud. let's do that. I can't wait. Uh, me too. All right. Let's Thanks for that. coming on tonight, bud. All right. You bet. My problem. All right. All all right. right. There we go. So, uh, Steve Quartz, former Saints offensive lineman, and during football season you can hear him and I on Saints Fans First Take right here on WWL Radio. Let's go to the phone lines now. We'll open those up. Open lines, rest of the hour, 504-260-1870. Text line is 870-870. And I was just going to go to one of our callers here who held on for five minutes, and this is how it always works. I literally was pressing the button, and then Mark and Metairie goes away. I wanted to talk Mark Ingram, but Mark, if you want to call back, uh, you certainly you certainly can here. Our Blue Runner Gumbo opinion poll today, does spring football excite you? And we're talking about spring football in college, college football. LSU spring football. It started next hour. We're going to talk to Mike Detillier about LSU spring football, entering a massive year for Coach O and this team. SEC championship aspirations, playoff aspirations, national championship aspirations. We'll take a break here and come back. Your calls, and also we'll shift back to the Will Wade conversation and LSU hoops story of the day. Here, the ugly side of this. College basketball coming out here locally. Back with that on the last lap. Welcome back to the program. Sometimes I feel like sports talk and our conversation around sports, which I don't know, for the eternity of man, for the most part, was about the actual athletic competition. In the last 10 years or so, a lot of the conversation on these Sports talk shows and, and the blogs and social media, the podcast is about ancillary stuff to to sports. It's about social justice. It's about scandals and corruption and all the other stuff that doesn't matter to success on the field. And that brings me to this topic that we're talking about again that we have to talk about. We just have to talk about, it, and that's Will Wade with LSU. I opened the show saying, I do not believe in, and and nobody is saying, or I guess there are a few people saying, Will Wade should be relieved of his job. No, he shouldn't. Not yet. That's just, it's, there's not enough there where Will Wade should have to step down or anybody should force him to step down. And frankly, nobody should be asking Will Wade to step down yet, period. If you missed it earlier, he was once again caught on a wiretap by the FBI Talking to Christian Dawkins, who is the disgraced uh, former agent and now has been found guilty in a court of law in this FBI college uh, basketball corruption scandal. Well, today we found out from Yahoo Sports and this team that has been following this, and they're not trying, LSU fans who say that Yahoo Sports is trying to, to their best to hurt LSU or hurt Will Wade. That's nonsense. That is absolute nonsense. Dan, uh, Pete Thamel and Dan Wetzel and all these other guys, they're doing their job as journalists. And the only reason they picked up on this is because there were wiretaps and transcripts of those that were used in this trial, this college basketball corruption trial last fall, where Will Wade was talking to Christian Dawkins. Well, Last fall, we heard that there were a handful, at least, of more conversations between Will Wade and Christian Dawkins, and lo and behold, today, we found out about one. This is not good. So here's what Will Wade said. Again, on a conversation with Christian Dawkins, the former agent, now disgraced agent, this time talking about Javante Smart a different recruit than he was talking about before. And I'm just going to read you the transcript of this, and then you uh, take away all of your preconceived notions about this. If you're the most diehard of LSU fans, I really want you to place Nick Saban here. Think of it like this. If this was Nick Saban and LSU fans' disdain of him, or Calipari, whoever it is, and how you would think of this conversation if it came out – about a coach that wasn't your coach for your university, the team that you root for. Here's the transcript. This is Will Wade talking to Christian Dawkins. Quote, I was thinking last night on this smart thing. I'll be honest with you. I'm bleep tired of dealing with this thing. Like I'm just bleep sick of dealing with this bleep. Like this should not be that bleep complicated. Now, we don't know exactly what the smart thing is. We assume it's Javante Smart who enrolled this last year. Top 50 recruit from Baton Rouge. Wade continues. Dude, I went to him with a bleep strong bleep offer about a month ago. Bleep strong. The problem was, I don't know why he didn't take it now. It was bleep tilted towards his family a little bit. It was tilted towards taking care of the mom, taking care of the kid, like it was tilted towards that. Now, for a fact, he didn't explain anything to the mom. I know now he didn't get enough of the piece of the pie in the deal. End quote there. Dawkins responded by saying, hmm. Wade continued, quote, it was a bleep, hell of a bleep offer Hell of an offer. Dawkins says, okay. Wade says, especially for a kid who is going to be a two- or three-year kid. Now, there are a couple of words here that is never said. And I will tell you the truth here. This isn't about Will Wade specifically. College basketball coaches, AAU coaches are coached by these runners. I'm not saying Will Wade was necessarily, okay? These are just allegations. But I am telling you I know how these AAU and college basketball coaches in other cases are are coached when they're talking to these agents on the phone. Never use the word money. Never use the word deal. Use those words. It can get you into trouble. Don't be surprised that whether it's Sean Miller Or if it's Bill Self, or if it's Will Wade here, that you never hear the exact word money used in these conversations. They've been coached not to do it. This is not good news for Will Wade and LSU. I don't know how anybody with the right mind, with two ears, one ear, or no ears, and just reads the transcript of these conversations hears or sees this, and comes away thinking anything but the obvious here. He's talking about something to do with the family, compensating the family, the mom, the player. What could this mean? I think we all have a pretty good idea what it's going to mean. The defense team and Will Wade might have another idea. Maybe there's a completely logical explanation for it. I can't come up with one. I can't. However, just because I can't come up with it doesn't mean that he's automatically guilty yet. Okay, there's a lot of smoke here. He's got a lot of questions to answer. So does the program. Frankly, so does Joe Oliva. But that doesn't mean specifically that I'm calling for anybody's job or think he is assuredly guilty in this. What I am telling you is all of the LSU fans and everybody just saying no big deal. Don't worry about it. Sweep under the rug. This happens all the time. You've got to be better than that. This is too big of a deal. And the, a perfect example of this are two texts I got about 20 minutes ago from two different numbers and the dichotomy on the, the opposite sides of this conversation. Here's one from the 985. He's the best basketball coach LSU has had in over 30 years, the texter says. I don't care about the rest. If we take a hit, we take the hit and move on with Coach Wade. There is a texter, and I recognize the number. Text and listen to the show a lot. I'm not picking on you here, texter. I'm using you as an example, okay? Where LSU fans, some, not all, probably a, a small vocal minority of LSU fans and alumni, people around the program, could not care what Will Wade does or any coach at LSU if they're winning games. It's the old sad story here about modern American sports where winning is the only thing that matters. We've done shows on this before. I think it's despicable, frankly, that our sports conversation and our sports fandom has devolved to such a state where coaches, players, boosters, athletic directors, universities, franchises, ball clubs, agents, commissioners can almost do whatever they want. Illegal, really illegal, immoral, unethical, and as long as that team that you root for is winning, some people don't care. And this texter obviously is one of those people. It doesn't care. Now right after that, this is the opposite side. Text from the 504. This person from Slidell that calls all the talk shows just called the show before you to say, everybody cheats, so no big deal. I hope you sh- shred that moron, when he calls. I'm not trying to shred anybody. It's the end of the text, by the way. I'm not trying to shred anybody. I am trying to stand on my own principled moral grounds that I have built in my 35 years in life. I don't want Baton Rouge to be Columbus, Ohio. When you had the alumni, most of the media, boosters, all rallying around Zach Smith and Urban Meyer when it was plainly obvious that the football team and the university covered up years of horrible domestic abuse up there, and nobody cared. I don't want it to be Waco, Texas, the rape scandal. When multiple football players were accused of raping students, and you had Baylor alumni, boosters, part of the administration, Looking the other way and not caring because Art Browse was winning football games there. I don't want this to be Penn State. That for 30 years, and this is way more horrendous than anything Will Way did, I get it. I'm just using this as an example. They didn't care what Joe Paterno or Jerry Sandusky or anybody did because they were winning football games up there. Baton Rouge is better than that. LSU, I believe, and the fans and the alumni are better than that. You cannot just turn a blind eye to this kind of stuff. Every LSU fan who cares about the university, who cares about the basketball program, should want to know more and get clarity on this situation. The clarity might completely vindicate Will Wade. Maybe he was talking to Dawkins. Maybe he eventually did nothing. And Javante Smart just wanted to stay in Baton Rouge and play for LSU. And that might come out but that's why you should want to know more. This is too important. And I'll say it again, and I'm going to say it every time I talk about this. To the texter and everybody who says, well, this happens everywhere. Everybody's doing it, so I don't care. Will Wade's playing by everybody else's rules. That is a load of malarkey. It does not happen everywhere. It happens way too much, but it doesn't happen everywhere. Villanova, Duke, Rick Barnes at Tennessee, Gonzaga and Mark Few, Xavier. I could go on here. There are very good programs, great programs, who have been found to do nothing like this. In fact, Jay Wright and and Mark Few and apparently Rick Barnes are three of the guys who are leading the charge against this and trying to get the NCAA to come down with the proverbial hammers on the bad actors. And even if, even if you are somebody who believes that every single big-time program in college basketball engages in this kind of stuff, I absolutely don't believe it. In fact, I would stake my reputation on it. Even if you believe that, that should not make it right. That should not make you turn the other way and say oh, I don't care. I just want to win basketball games. I don't care if they do anything illegal or immoral. Be better than that. Be better than that. We we'll back after this on the last lap. Look the the battle of public perception they have a very I still believe the vocal minority, very loud minority of LSU fans who are going to shout and yell and scream and text and post on social media no matter what comes out about Will Wade or the FBI's probe into the corruption of college basketball, they will not care what comes out. They're gonna say, Ah, Will Wade's a martyr what are you doing? He just did some illegal stuff but didn't hurt anybody in doing it. If the allegations are proven true, it's not right now. And then you have the other side saying this is crazy. Here's a text from the 504. Those texters were repeating what Bobby Aber said verbatim. Wait his toast. LSU basketball will be back to rebuilding from the bottom. Here's another text, and this texter from the 504 has texted in about five times in the last ten minutes. Facetiously saying, quote, Will Wade is a dangerous society. He should be locked up before any more harm is done to children. Glad the FBI is going hard after targets like Will Wade. I feel safe now. First of all, nobody should be locked up yet, period. Nothing's been proven here. Will Wade should still be coaching. And frankly, his employer right now should stand by him. Joe Oliva should, LSU should, until they know more. I'm assuming they don't know more right now, but if they don't, then they should stand behind him. If I was accused of something that I did not do and it wasn't proven to be true, I would hope that my employer would stand behind me. So nobody's calling, and I'm certainly not, for Will Wade's job, but again... Got to know more. And we should know more, and we, we should want to know more. The text from the 504. I am an LSU grad, and I agree 100%. Never sacrifice integrity to win. We are or should be above that. But there is a small cancer within the fan base that are embarrassing the rest of us. To be honest, it's kind of how I feel. Like Maybe this is too idealistic. Maybe this isn't the reality of the world that we live in. I kind of still retain hope that our our fan bases down here, the LSU fan base, the the Saints fan base, the Tulane, UNO, Southeastern, whatever it is, that we'd be better. And if something is found out to be really nefarious going on in our sports departments, that we would hold people accountable. That's all I want. And we'll see how this unfolds. Nothing's going to happen, I don't believe, until at least April 22nd. That's well after LSU season will be over. One more hour of the show, but right now, live on Facebook. WWL Radio Facebook page talking about this. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or
2: I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe.